What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. We're back. Uh, the NBA is still going on. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, everything with Corona, and especially the past couple of days, a lot of postponements of games. Um, today, we're going to do a little different of an episode, kind of. We're going to incorporate kind of a game in. Uh, we're going to do a whole buy or sell episode where uh, me and Jake are going to feed each other topics. We're going to basically say, or are we buying the topic basically that, you know, we think that's going to happen or, or, you know, it's a, it's valid or are we selling it that, you know, we don't think that will happen or, you know, you guys basically get the gist of, of what we're going to be doing. Jake, if you want to explain it a little better uh, than I just did, go ahead. Yeah, pretty much what Ryan said. Um, it's a known game. We've we've seen several podcasts that I'm a fan of do it, uh, like Through the Wire, etc. Uh, so we'll just be running through topics. Uh, we're going to be looking through, to be honest, a lot of surprising narratives and storylines throughout the NBA this season so far. Even though there's a relatively short sample size, and especially it's, it might get even narrower, and we'll talk about that with the fact that the NBA might uh, it might be in in, uh, in jeopardy um, this season, so uh, we'll get into that later. That's you know that might be one of our topics. Uh, spoiler alert there, but uh, yeah, pretty much we'll just be running through topics um, and giving our opinions on it. Uh, what I'd like to add too um, before we start is that uh, we'll plug our Instagram real quick because I want to, I've been active on the stories on there. If you guys are not following us on our Instagram, go check it out at underscore on league underscore. And pretty much what we've been doing on there is, uh, posting NBA pickums, but I want to do a buy or sell. Uh, and it'll be pretty interesting cause I'm going to put the buy or sell topics, um, on the stories, uh, the ones that we cover here in this podcast. So if you guys aren't checking our Instagram, go check it out. Um, we'll also uh, mention it at the end of our podcast. So. Our sponsor today is Hardwood Amino. Hardwood Amino is a place for everything basketball. Join in on fun quizzes, quality blogs, polls, and more made by our very own users. You'll be met with a host of different uh, chat rooms for hot takes, debates, where you can talk about anything basketball related. If you're an avid basketball fan, Hardwood Amino is your one-stop shop. There's even breaking news and daily questions. If you're interested in joining a growing community, basketball community, make sure to download Hardwood Amino in your app store or play store today. Thank you to Hardwood Amino for sponsoring this podcast. Now back to the episode. Uh, with that, uh, I guess we'll start off, right, Ryan? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, introduce the topic. So first topic, we're going to be talking about the New York Knicks. The Knicks are 5-5 five and five right now. Um, Julius Randle is just having an incredible season, averaging 23 points, 10 rebounds, or 11 rebounds, my bad, 7 assists. Uh, Alec, uh, RJ Barrett. Um, averaging 16 points, Alfred Payton having a decent season. Um, so with that being said, they're five and five at the moment. They are the number six seed in the East. Are you buy, buying or selling the Knicks make the playoffs with Tom Thibodeau as their coach in his first year with the Knicks? Yeah, I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm going to, I'm going to buy that the Knicks make the playoffs. Uh, I think that I think that they could squeeze in that eight seed. Um, I do think that uh, the middle of the pack uh, of the Eastern Conference is a little high for them as of now. Um, but I woke up today wanting to, uh, to, to buy the Knicks and, and what they're doing. Uh, you mentioned Tom Thibodeau. I was going to first start off with him just because um, I was listening to a podcast with uh with mike breen and he was on the bill simmons podcast he follows the knicks uh if you guys didn't know uh he also covers uh nationally uh televised games but he was just talking about tom thibodeau and again you you kind of see it in the players that he's had over the years and we look at the bulls with uh jimmy butler uh not only Derek rose who was the number one pick but you look at the hard-nosed guys that he's been able to develop, Jimmy Butler, Joakim Noah, Taj Gibson, uh, which is kind of ironic that I say that because they just signed him uh, the other day. But I, Tibbs is a guy that demands uh, his guys to play hard, and he also sells them on winning. They're Like you said, they're 
Um, they're five and five right now, uh, and that's best for six in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're on a roll right now, and and they've had good wins, like good quality wins. They beat the Bucks in a in a twenty point blowout, I believe, um, with Giannis and Dakumbo uh, playing that game, and they've had good quality wins against uh, teams like the Hawks, the Jazz. Uh, I'm forgetting one more team. Uh, they played, I think they beat the Pacers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they beat the Pacers um, about a week ago. So, again, it's, 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 it's looking pretty bright for the Knicks. Uh, you mentioned Julius Randle. He leads the team in, in all categories, uh, points, rebounds, and assists, or at least the main categories, that is. Do um, You have the ascension of Mitchell Robinson. You have a guy like R.J. Barrett, who I've been pretty high on and again it's Tibbs is a guy that again this is their eighth head coach in the, in the past decade they, they've gone through we talk about management but how about coaching I mean you got to give Tibbs credit so far he's done a great job he's willing to put in guys that uh, you see Austin Rivers playing big minutes down the stretch again they've dealt with injuries they have Obi Toppin who's dealing with that calf injury right now but you have a lot of guys that um, that want to come to work and buy into what Tibbs is doing, and you got to give them a lot of credit. And I think the last thing I'll just talk about is I talked about Julius Randle a little bit before, but this is a guy that I don't think a lot of people realize was always a double-double guy or near double-double guy for his whole career. Uh, and now Tibbs has given him the keys. He's been able to do what he what he has to do for the team, a facilitator, a scorer, posting up uh, other big man and, and giving them uh, trouble. Uh, and again, I think that he can definitely propel himself to, to all-star caliber and maybe make the all-star team. So there's a lot of things going for this Knicks team's team right now. I, I know I'm hopping on the, uh, the Knicks bandwagon just because of what we've talked about uh, over the, uh, the episodes about, about the Knicks in the past, but there's a lot riding for this Knicks team right now that's positive. And again, I think that with other teams struggling, you have the Raptors struggling, you have the Wizards really struggling right now, dead last, and we'll talk about them in just a minute. But uh, I, I think that they're they're on the right um, they're on the right direct they're going in the right direction. I think that again, they don't have Obi Toppin back yet. They've had injuries at their guard position, um, so that's all signs that once they get those guys back they'll be even better yeah this is this is tough um because also i i think and we can both agree when we say make the playoffs we mean actually in the playoffs not the playing game right correct like they they are seventh or eighth seed obviously they still play the playing game but they actually make it in past the playing game um well but they could still be they could still be a C that's out of the playoffs, but still get in with the playoff playing game. So if we're being really technical, yes, you know, yeah. So we're basically saying once they get to a seven round, seven game series, um, yeah, this is this is tough. I, I think because right now I'm looking at the standings and we're we're ten games into the season. Uh, some teams played less, some teams played more. Um, you you have Miami four and four out of the playoffs right now. Brooklyn, those two teams. I mean, I, I would it would really be a miracle, uh, or uh, you know, just a big surprise if they didn't get in. You have Atlanta at four and five. I think they're getting in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna sell it. I, 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 I listen. Julius Randle's playing amazing. Uh, R.J. Barrett is is looking better. Um, I'm interested to see when Obi Toppin, Toppin, Obi Toppin comes back because him and Julius Randle they've only, you know they've only played one game together. They're kind of they play the same position, kind of a similar type player uh in a in a certain sense um Mitchell Robinson's having an okay year I think uh if he were to put up better numbers I think um and I say this because I haven't watched a lot of Knicks basketball so who knows he 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 could be really making a bigger impact than what I'm seeing stats wise so I'll be totally transparent there but I'm gonna sell it I I still think they're the Knicks I don't know if uh I can trust them yet I think Tibbs has them playing hard the thing is, is with Tibbs, he'll go seven-man rotation for a majority of the season. And by the end of the season, I know these guys are young, but will they still have something left in the tank? Um, 
and when it counts later in the season or, you know, in big games, will they be able to come through? Um, I don't, I think if they do get in there an eight seed and they would have to win their plan. I don't know. I look at a team like the bulls. I think the bulls, they, they have, they haven't surprised me because I, I, I think I said this in the rankings episode. I thought I thought they would be a competitive type team, not a playoff caliber, um, where it's a definite playoff, but a team that can compete. And you see that Zach Levine's putting up incredible. I think he's averaging like 35 points over his uh, over his last five games. Um, they've lost some close games versus some really really good teams, the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, so on and so forth. Um, you have Toronto. I don't know if Toronto has what it takes to. I, I think the whole thing with them moving to Tampa and everything. It's kind of like I'm talking myself into buying this. I'm I'm gonna stay selling. I think that they don't have it, it's still. So I know the East is weak. I, I think there's some teams. You, you look Charlotte and Cleveland. I don't know if Cleveland still has. I I know Andre Drummond's having a great season. Uh, Colin Sexton's having a good season, but I don't know. Uh, the Hornets. I know they have Lamelo. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say I think there's too many teams in that playing category that could get in. Uh, to the first round of the playoffs, that I'm selling the Knicks making the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I see where you're coming from. You kind of have to, if you're if you're going to sell, you kind of have to look at the other teams again. It's this season is going to be weird, which is why we're going to get into that later. That's going to be one of the topics uh, in the next couple buy or sell uh, little segments that we have here. But um, I'm more tunnel vision about the Knicks. I kind of and just. Uh, narrowing them down and kind of just eyeing them down and looking at uh, the the details and just how efficient they are. Like Julius Randle, you know, he's averaging 23 points, uh, 11.8 rebounds and 7, 7.1 assists. But those 23.2 points, that's an efficient 23.2 points. It's not like he's going out there and uh, jacking up shots. Like he's, it, it, you know, it's, it is. it's efficient. It is, but I want to see this. Obi Toppin's only played one game. I want to see when the both of them come back, and and I know Tibbs isn't shy. He'll he'll play the guys who can win. He he won't be shy if he, th- he if he doesn't think Toppin is ready for big time minutes. But I want to see when they're playing the same position, especially when they're when they're on the court together. That's not much spacing. I want to see how well Julius Randle does because I know Julius Randle has this in him. We saw this, uh, not him being the star player, but when was it? Two years ago in New Orleans. No, I, I was going to bring that up too. AD, when when AD got traded, it was the same offseason that uh, Julius Randle signed with the Knicks. So they were playing at the same time. And that, AD, yeah, though, stretched the floor. Yeah, he was able to stretch the floor. I, I think it, you, that, that's a good point. But um, I don't know. I just feel like, again, they, they got Taj Gibson to you know handle some of the minutes. Uh, obviously backed up at that four position with Toppin, um, which is a, a key key part of their team, excuse me. But, again, I, I just – I'm very high on the Knicks uh, from what I've uh, seen on, on gameplay. I haven't really watched them uh, too in-depth. It's more just off of um, stats, not really more of an eye test. Again, I've I've watched a little bit of gameplay here and there. But, and, again, and, I, I, I think that – Man, it, it's just – they're backed up with injuries too. Like, let's not forget but, about that. I think when they okay, get but, back – go ahead. But, again, th- this is this is where I come back to, and, and it shows right here. I didn't even – I, I want to really point this out because I mentioned it before. Julius Randle, thir- basically 38 minutes a game. R.J. Barrett, 38 minutes a game. I don't know if, if they can sustain that for, for a whole season. I mean, you look at that – Well, but that – well, that's I, where the injuries I, come, come back into play. They have injuries with, right now. Even with okay, so then let's what what is uh oh that his per thirty six should be around the same yeah uh, I, then let's see when his minutes come down what his I mean I'm not knocking what they're doing I'm just saying I don't know I think it creeps into the back of my mind they're the Knicks it's almost like in football with the Cowboys it's like if they're gonna mess it up somehow they're you know they'll find a way to mess it up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to overreact this early and in, in five and five season that, hey, you know, they're making the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I get where you're coming from. I'm guessing you get like you said, you kind of get where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I think you need to look at it as a bigger picture. Um, I don't know, unless they have something in the works where, you know, 
a midseason they make a trade to bring someone else in, a key piece. Um, I know it came out today a report saying them, the Heat, and I forget the other team, uh, you know, are like the sleepers to make a, a blockbuster deal uh, for their teams. I don't know. I, I think um, I, I'm selling it. I know you're buying it. Yep. Any last I, thoughts before uh, we move on? Yeah, I think the only thing I'll say is, is that uh, just a quick note here. I think if Julius Randle keeps sustaining this level of play and really puts the Knicks back on the map, it, as sad as that seems, because they are a big market team, they should be getting free agents, but they haven't. Um, but again, I, I think that that does wonders that for them because then you have a legitimate trade asset too. If you wanted to go out and um, and flip that potentially for someone, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great thing for the Knicks. I think that Tom Thibodeau. It's it's very important to mention his name just because we see even with the Pacers with uh, with uh, Nate Bajorkin, like what he's been able to do for that team um, and really revolutionize Indiana Pacers basketball and make them look really good early on. It's the same thing with the Knicks. He's making these young guys buy in, and it's just it's great to see so far, and it's, it's very surprising. Probably one of the most surprising teams in the, in the league, for sure. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Let's go to a team that I know both, in, both you and I were very um, high on coming into the season, the Washington Wizards. They're 2-8, and eight, uh, just... I know Bradley Beal's out for now a couple or I don't even know. I know he missed the last game due to health and safety protocol. Russell Westbrook just came out today. He's going to miss at least a week with a quad injury. Uh, Thomas Bryant, they just lost in their last game for the season torn ACL. This team's just in shambles. So with all that being said, and th- there's been rumors about this now, it feels like forever. Buy or sell Bradley Beal getting traded. This Matter of fact, I, w- I want you to take this one first. I'll go I'll go second. Aye, aye, aye. Um, God, God, you had to do that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You want me to start? No, 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 no. I'm going to go. Okay. And I'm going to preface it with this because I I love these buy or sell things, but at the same time, I hate them. Um, one, because I, I don't like being wrong some of the time and others, cause I just truly, it's tough for me to choose between the two. Um, you look at this team and this team on paper, as I think a lot of people th- thought they should definitely be a playoff team. They shouldn't be two and eight. I think a lot of the problems, and I'm, I, I get this from seeing wizards fans on social media and also just watching a couple wizards games, the, the rotation and, and coaching Scott Brooks, I think sooner or later he has to go. The next question becomes, as as a Wizards, as a team, you have Russell Westbrook. Most likely, he's there for the duration of his contract, unless somehow, someway, you can find another team with a big contract like Russell Westbrook has done the past two times he's got traded, where they're like, okay, we'll flip contracts and, and you take them. I, I'm selling. I, I don't think he gets traded during the season. Come the offseason, it's a different story. I don't think he gets traded before, what is it, the March something trade deadline. Um, I think he's, he stays throughout the, the season. I want to take a minute to really dive into this Wizards team for a second because I think Scott Brooks is really doing a disservice to this team. Uh, someone agree. like their the rookie, Danny Avdia. Um, Terrible. He, he's, he's, he, Scott Brooks has made him a spot-up corner shooter, which that's not what Danny Avdia is. If you watched any highlights of him, this kid can play make. He can shoot. I mean, he sh- he shoots the three ball, but he's not he's not a player that just stands there. He can play defense pretty well, um, and and they're just resulting him kind of as. And I, listen, I understand Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook. They're going to take the majority of the shots. They're going to handle the ball. But I think you need to find a way if that's him still starting Abdia, but then bringing you know a short spurt after he starts and bringing him back in with the second team, something where he can play make a little more because I. When was it? Uh, on Saturday night when they played the Heat, the end of the game, they were they and they always do this. The Wizards, they're down by like thirty points, and they end up coming back and making a close game. He hit like five straight threes in a row, and then they just don't even go with him when they had a chance to get it to like a a one point game with like ten seconds left in the game, or even maybe tie it. Um, they don't even run a play for him. 
when he just made three, four threes in a row. So I think they need to get that on track. Um, Thomas Bryant's loss is huge. Uh, now that will be resulted to Robin Lopez and Mo, Mo Wagner. Um, Russell Westbrook, who knows how much time, you know, him with not playing the back-to-backs and everything. It's like they're, they're doing a whole load management thing there. And then Bradley Beal, I don't know when he's going to be. I, th- this team is in, in, in shambles. I wouldn't be surprised if Bradley Beal gets traded, but I, I, at the same time, I don't think during the season this will happen. I think it'll come off season where he finally will say, I've had enough and get me out of here. And then it'll be a bidding war for him because he, I mean, the, the guy's averaging 35 points per game through nine games. I mean, I, I, what more can he do? He's doing his part. Russell Westbrook, he's getting triple doubles left and right, but I don't know how much, you know, maybe Russell Westbrook is the problem after I know I've discussed maybe he's not the problem and other people are the problem when he's played on other teams, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I think Bradley Beal, that's a, that's a league-leading uh, 35 points per game, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is, right? Okay. Yes. Um, I am there with you uh, all the way. I think that I'm selling this. Um, I think that I would not be surprised if he gets moved this season because you got to look at it this way. Um, and I'm not trying to convince myself into the buying that he – and this, this all comes down to the timing of this because we're talking about this season. Um, so I don't want to persuade myself into buying this, but – Again, it's the timing where I disagree with this with this topic. Um, so I'm going to play a little bit of comparison here because you look at and it starts with I, I agree with your your what you said about Denny Avija. He's not playing to his strengths. You have a guy that's sitting in the corner and playing as a, a three and D type player or whatever you you may be, instead of a guy that was handling the ball uh, with Maccabi Tel Aviv and with, with experienced NBA players. And then you go to the Washington Wizards where, yeah, he fell um, to you at the ninth pick. But, okay, if you're going to get someone at that pick, which is a steal, use him the right way. Don't be using him in something that he's not. So I agree with what you said with that. Um, I think that, uh, again, I, I'm not sure if – I think definitely if you move Russell Westbrook – uh, that definitely helps out Avija with what he's able to do. I'm not sure about. I, I think if you move Bradley Beal, it doesn't you know do too much just because Russell Westbrook, you know usage rate. You know Bradley Beal can play more off the ball. Off the ball, it's kind of self-explanatory there. Um, but I, I think with Russell Westbrook, I, I don't. I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook gets moved. I think Bradley. No, Beal, no, 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 no. That 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 wasn't my thing. I th- I think my thing is is it goes back to coaching. And I know this was supposed to be a Brad. No, it is. No, no, about I agree with Bradley Beal. But it, it, it goes back to coaching, which I know you're getting at. And it just really upsets me because I, I always thought Scott Brooks was a good coach. And I think this really shows the problems that Scott Brooks has as a coach. And sooner or later, I mean, he's in, what is he, his fourth or fifth season in Washington. He's gone down in win total every single year. Obviously, this year, it's kind of you need to skew, you know, you need to ratio that because they're not playing the 82 game season. But I don't know how they rebound from this uh, from this terrible start. Yeah, I, I don't see much uh, much of a bounce back coming. Um, I mean, I hope. But, again, Russell Westbrook, again, I'm doing some, some sort of comparison here because you're talking about a guy that was moved for John Wall. And it's, it's pretty surprising what I, what I came across as I was doing some research for this. Um, so, Ryan, let's, let's play a little game here. You want to guess when... <clears throat> When Russell Westbrook's uh, field goal percentage, I know it's a small sample size. They've only played seven mm. games. But when was his he's a, he's field goal play, percentage? Yeah. When was his field goal percentage the highest? What year? When he played under uh, Scott Brooks. No, last season. Oh, last season? 47.2%. Oh. Playing off ball. Right. But this season is his lowest in his career, 37.8, right? It's a, it's a small percentage. I mean, it's a, it's a small uh, sample size, excuse me, but that's notable. We look at John Wall and the guy that he got traded for, coming off an injury, he's averaging more points. Again, it's, it's not that much of a discrepancy. Mm-hmm. 
Steve. You have Russell Westbrook, who's averaging 19.3, and John Wall, who's averaging 20. But his highest field goal percentage is coming this season, six games, 46.4%. You have his lowest is his rookie season. So with all that being said, this is not looking too well for the Wizards. Um, I know we've we've talked about that, and you alluded to that before. But when you get traded for a guy that's coming off an injury, where again, you know, you're not. I, I haven't really seen. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Ryan where you know Russell Westbrook's game is changing. I really haven't. I mean, the only thing I'd say is that he's not getting to the rim as much as he normally does. But I haven't really seen too much of a a transition. Again, he had to transition his game last season. Um, yeah, but well, again, this this all goes back to coaching, and not to cut you off again, but it's funny because I'm I'm sitting here thinking, yes, I'm selling this. I don't think during the season, but Bradley Beal is slowly but surely. It, it reminds me of Deshaun Watson and in, um, in Houston in football with what's going on there. It's they're poking the bear. With Bradley Beal, they're taking Bradley little Beal. baby steps yeah, with, yeah. The, with the with, exit. Yeah, and and he the other the other night, uh, I think after the Celtics game, they're scoring points. I mean, let's see, they've scored 120, 132 times, 136, 124. Um, but guess what? Only one out of all those times I just mentioned, and the, they've scored a, over 120 plenty of times. Um, they've only won two games. Bradley Beal said it. They can't guard a parked car. <laughs> if I'm a teammate, I'm, I mean that that should fire. That should light something. You know, light light a fire under me because, I mean, that's a problem. And and again, I know Scott Brooks also said you know right now the the mental aspect, the mental toughness of this team is not great. Well, well, that's that's your job to get in there and fix that. Um, it, they're poking the bear. I think. Listen. If you told me within the next year, like in terms of uh, this time what? next year, next what is it? What when we re- were recording and releasing this podcast, January eleventh of twenty twenty two, I would buy that Bradley Beal is no longer on on the uh, Washington Wizards. By March, he's going to probably still be on there. Sadly, just because it's they're wasting away his career with what they're doing. Um, but they they need to get a move on and. Uh, right now, I know Wizards fans aren't happy with that trade that they did, getting rid of John Wall, who was their friend, you know, probably their best franchise player ever, within at least the past 20, 30 years. So, yeah, th- th- there's a lot to be uh, said here. Uh, before we move on, what, any last thoughts? Yeah, well, I, I didn't really get into Bradley Beal too much. Kind of got into his surroundings. Um, yeah. But... Just real quick to talk about Bradley Beal. How many points? Let me ask you a question. How many points? Because I don't have their schedule pulled up. How many points did they, did, uh, they score against the Sixers? Total as a team? Uh, 136. Okay. Bradley Beal had half of those points nearly. So, yeah. so I mean, to again, it, it sort of reminds me. I mean, I'm making comparisons between Russell Westbrook, John Wall, um, because I can and, and – Again, that's that was one of the headline trades of this offseason. Um, but when you look at Bradley Beal, it reminds me of, ironically, two guys that uh, Devin Booker almost didn't make the all-star team. Uh, and Bradley Beal was the biggest all-star snub, we thought, last season. But those two guys, it reminds me of sort of the same thing. Now, with the Suns and Devin Booker, it seems like they've figured that out. And it seems like they're on a roll. I think they're middle of the pack right now. Uh, no, they're they're the number two seed. They're number two seven seed. and three. Yeah. They're yeah. seven and three. So, so um, again, the reason I say that is because the Western Conference is really uh, backed up right now. I mean, there's so many teams in that like three to you know three to eight, three to ten, whatever you want to go, where it's just like you know four losses, five losses, whatever it may be. So again, I. The reason I compare, and I, I don't like to compare players, and I'm not going to even talk about play styles here, but these two guys have very similar situations. And, again, Phoenix seems like they got it. Um, but then again, we go back to the, the talent that they're trying, and it goes back to coaching 
once again, we go back to the talent and they're not being used. They're not using their young players the way that they should be using them. And with that, they can, again, if you develop a Vija, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, you want to keep a young player, but if there's other talent on the, on the, uh, on the way um, from another team, I mean, you want to develop those guys so that, okay, I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. So you have assets there. They're not doing that. And then you have Bradley Beal, who's in a tough situation right now. I think that, you know, there's there's not a lot. He's 27 years old in his prime. Reminds me a lot of the Devin Booker situation. I keep going back to that, but it's like they need to figure it out. Um, they're all over the place. And again, they don't want to. And, and once again, you had to wait. You know, we talk about John Wall, 20, 2016, 2017, he was back. Um, something along along those lines, but he had to wait for a star player to come back. He gets traded before he's able to re- And now Russell Westbrook's not even putting up what John Wall is. Field goal percentage-wise, points-wise, I don't care if it's within a point um, what, what John Wall and Russell Westbrook are averaging, but it's not the same. Again, a guy that was coming back from injury, it's not the same kind of production, and that's going to make him upset. So I think just because of the timing of this of – this, uh, of what the this topic reads, I think that I'll um, I'll sell it. But again, come back to me. I think we both agree that if you come back another year uh, down the line, then you know we'll probably buy it. But I th- I think Denver, I think Denver is a good place for him if he does end up to uh, going somewhere else. I think Denver's been in a lot of rumors for a two guard. I think that that would be very interesting. Yeah, there, there's I I know that there are plenty of teams that will line up right now that are. They feel that if they get Bradley Beal, they are favorites to win the championship in their minds. Um, that oh, no doubt. I mean, he's like a yeah, yeah. He's like a top five MVP candidate or whatever. I mean, he's he's up there. So yeah, no. I mean, he he's a uh, well top five MVP candidate if his team was winning. Uh, sadly, if your team doesn't win, you don't get MVP category, and that leads me good segue jake into our next buy or sell segment the golden state warriors and steph curry steph is averaging 28 5 and close to seven assists um are you buying or selling steph curry as a top three mvp candidate right now keep in mind the warriors are now six and four I am going to be buying this because I think that Steph Curry coming back, of course, you have, um, and we just talked about MVP candidates, but, you know, of course, you have Klay Thompson going down, unfortunately, um, around draft time. uh, We got that news, and, uh, again, that was very unfortunate. Um, There was a lot of questions. Um, Again, people were speculating. We were speculating night one, night two, where – I mean, the Golden State Warriors looked absolutely – again, they did play a, a Nets team that looked very great, and they still look great, um, although they're struggling a little bit, um, I believe. Um, but, again, there's, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I think Steph Curry is an early MVP candidate, and I think he might be the, the favorite. Um, there's, there's, close, there's other close uh, guys that are in that mix. I still think that um, – Luka Doncic will be up there, and, and he was my MVP pick. Um, so I do think Steph Curry, for the, for the sake of the, the segment topic, I think he is a, a top three candidate um, for MVP so far. You could also put Jokic in there. So for me, it would be like Luka, Jokic, and Curry. Just Luka, I know he struggled a little bit, but I think that once the season ramps up, I think he'll be there. Um, and Jokic right now, I mean, you can't leave him out. Uh, you know, the guy's playing out of his mind um, and making a case for arguably the best son in the league um, with Embiid right there next to him. But as for Steph Curry, again, I, I think that, you know, his, uh, his impact can't go unnoticed. Uh, Draymond Green coming back has really um, impacted his game um, because, again, that one-two punch uh, in the pick and roll, uh, you know, the night that he had 62, you know, Draymond was very, very important with that. Um, feeding him the ball and whatnot. Um, again, there's there's clips on social media with Damian Lee uh, thinking he's uh, you know the, 
the the best and the and the clutch player that the that the Warriors needed. He had a game winner against the Bulls, um, and then he had he had a shot last night, or not a shot, but he went to the line for like three free throws, and Steph Curry was demanding the ball. I just thought that was pretty funny. So he's thinking he's uh, the next guy up there. But in all seriousness, though, the uh, the Warriors are looking a lot better than than advertised um early on in the season you have you have guys like michael michael Mulder, yeah um with a plus 27 in 19 minutes and this was um against the clippers where they came back um and again maybe we shouldn't take too much from that because the clippers are known for blowing leads at this point uh but damian lee 22 minutes plus 22 eric pascal 20 points or, t- or 20 minutes 21 uh plus 21 um, you can go down the line and there's their, their depth, which was the biggest question. And I'm only talking about this because as we know, MVP candidates, they, they get a little boost or a lot of boost if their team's doing well. We just talked about Bradley Beal with that. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, question marks about their depth, but as young as they are, they've, they've shown up in key moments, um, in key stretches, and again, Steph Curry is kind of the ringleader, um, as we all know, and especially without Klay Thompson. Uh, and again, his presence on the court is something that, you know, stats back up as well. He has a usage rate of 35 in their five. Um, and then in their four losses, uh, he has an under 28 uh, usage rate. So when he has the ball, they're winning. When he doesn't, they're losing, and that's self-explanatory, but you have stats to back that up. Um, and so they're also 5-0 and when, he's, when he scores at least 30 and 0-4 when he doesn't. So just some stats to kind of back up my point. But I think early on he's, you know, you can make a case that he's number one, um, no doubt. So, again, I, I, I'm buying this. Yeah, I, I'm going to buy this too. And, and it, it's funny because it goes back to conversations that, people in media all over players have had in terms of what is the definition of the MVP? Um, because if it's how valuable you are to your team, and if you take you off your team, how good are you is the team? Then, you know, I know people say LeBron should be then MVP every year. Steph Curry should be that, I think. And it's, I, I find it hilarious because people had the audacity. Uh, and I talk about, you know, social media on social media, even some Anna, I know Channing, who was a Channing Fry, uh, he even called Steph out, you know, basically saying his credibility and his legacy, which I completely didn't understand. And Steph came back, when was it, a week ago now, put up 62 points. So the, the Trailblazers can, I, I bet, give you first hand, like, hey, you probably shouldn't have done that because he just lit us up. Um, he He's playing out of his mind right now. Um, I was half watching the Clippers game the other night. I was kind of on my phone doing some other stuff around the house. And I looked up at one point, you know, they're losing by 20. And then the next time I look up and they're up by like five points with like two minutes left. I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I mean, he, he, this is what I think I, at least personally, and I think a lot of other people can attest to this, expected him to do last season where he's just going to put up crazy numbers um, his team is going to be decent as they are right now. Obviously you mentioned after the first two games, we even talked about it in this podcast, you know, them getting blown out by large amounts of points, you know, um, what, what would happen, but it shows you don't question Steph. I mean, I don't care who he had on this team, what happened. He, the guys won three, um, NBA championships. He's a back-to-back, uh, MVP league MVP. Uh, I know he's never got a finals MVP. It is what it is. Um, and I, I think also another key part to this Draymond, once he started playing, you saw the team, even though Draymond's not putting up, you know, he's averaging four points per game, uh, not putting up crazy stats, but you see the glue guy that he is. Um, yeah, I mean, me, th- this team looks like a playoff team now, obviously it's only 10 games into the season. Uh, so you can only take so much, but Steph is just, there's really not much to say here. It's just. If you're doubting Steph Curry, I don't know what you're doing at this point in 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 your life, and if you should be talking basketball because there's no reason to. The guy is unbelievable. He can shoot from 50 feet out if he really wanted to, and that's I, I think 50 feet is beyond the half court line. Um, he's he's a master at what he does. Uh, he's um, 
and it seems like, you know, he's making that team, you know, have fun. This is a different type of team for him. Obviously, last year he didn't play. This is the first time where it's like his team is not expected to win since, what, six, seven years now? Um, since, what what would it be, 2014, 2013, 2014 season? Or even mm. 2014, 2015 when they won the championship. I don't think people expected them the heavy favorites. Um, but, you know, the, he he's playing with house money as much as people can doubt him. Uh, as far as they go, as far as he goes, they will go. And I think that uh, you see, uh, obviously, I think they would want Kelly Oubre to play a little better. James Wiseman has looked fantastic. Some highlights, uh, just certain stuff that's like top 10 worthy on ESPN. Um, but he's played really well. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I mean, I, I think I saw the other night. Who did he? He, hold, he held Kawhi to like one of seven shooting when he guarded him. So Andrew He's playing Wiggins, a lot better. Yeah, he's playing a lot, a lot better. I'm telling you, th- yeah, this team... Again, it's all about overreacting, and then we both of us said we wouldn't do it, and, and we kind of we've been pretty good with it, uh, with overreacting and not overreacting. And um, I listen. Th- I think this team makes the playoffs. Uh, I, I said this from when we did our ranking show. I know you didn't have them in the playoffs. I did, uh, mm-hmm. and and I Steph Curry. I think will be at the end of the season, if not top three, top five in MVP voting easily, just with what he brings on a nightly basis. Um, yeah, I mean that. I think that's really all there is to it. Uh, yeah, well, I, I th- yeah, well, I think ahead. that uh, I, I think that I was even sleeping on them in my rankings, as you mentioned, and I didn't expect Steph Curry to come out and and be this good early on. I mean, again, we know he's Steph Curry, but I mean to be putting up uh, career highs and to be putting the team essentially on his back and. You still have the depth, which I mentioned before, has been great. Again, and, and we look at what the bigs have been able to do for Steph Curry. Again, we don't realize how, again, Clay's a big loss, but we don't realize how effective Steph Curry is. You look at a bunch of, uh, you know, the guards need the bigs, and Draymond's critical for, you know, Steph Curry and uh, being able to, to create some sort of, uh, I mean, Steph Curry can move by himself. I mean, he's he's a great off-ball threat, um, running around uh, off-ball screens and whatnot. But you look at even the the success that him and Wiseman have have had. Like a great guard, usually, you know, lots of times doesn't come without a, a great big. You know, you need a great big in order to function. And there's you know lots of uh, great front court talent. Um, on that Warriors team, the only thing I would expect or the only thing I would suggest is just to get Kelly Oubre back on track. You know, he's one of the worst starts, I think, in NBA history. Um, and I think if he can come back, uh, you look at him and just his historical, uh, you know, just just what he's been able to do. And again, losing Clay Thompson, you look at that and you sort of compare it you're like okay one of the greatest shooters of all time efficient and whatnot and then you go to Kelly Oubre who's uh you know who takes a while to make to make one three in a season so I I think that that's the only thing I would ask uh from the Warriors is is hopefully he gets back on track but other than that I think that uh, they've shocked a lot of people so far um and Curry's been a big part of that so I I think it all goes back to narrative yeah I I think um they shocked, but at the same time, they didn't shock. Like I said, going into last season, I think a lot of people thought uh, Steph would be where he's at, and and people thought they would be if they had Clay that they would be. Uh, well, they also you know, yeah, they also didn't contenders. predict that Clay was. They didn't. They also didn't predict that Clay was going to be out. But yeah, but still, I think yeah, you know, last season they knew Clay was going to be out if Steph would have stayed healthy, he would have put up the same amount of points. I don't know if they would have been uh, a lot better, but who knows? Um, let's move on to another team. Uh, like the Wizards that we talked about a little earlier that are struggling big time, and that's the Toronto Raptors. Um, they're 2-7. and seven. Obviously, they're not really the Toronto Raptors. They're down in Tampa, the Tampa Raptors, basically. Um, so you buying or selling this? Are the Toronto Raptors the most disappointing team in the league right now? I feel like that's too easy of a question, but go too for easy. it. Too easy, yeah. Um, hmm. I'm gonna play the uh, the standings game here and look at the standings to to kind of uh, 
like you did earlier with the Knicks. Um, I'm going to say... Oh, listen, how about this? I'll go first here because I have a... Yeah, go I, ahead. I, I have stuff to you say. You have an here. idea? Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm buying it that they are... Well, I'm I was going to say maybe the, the Wizards. I, I think well, it's I'm tight between it, them two. I'm buying it that they're this bad. Because every year the Toronto Raptors are always, in, at least in the regular season, they come to play every year. And I'm buying it because of this. But I also kind of called it in a way. And again, go back to the ranking show. I know it, was, it felt like 50 hours long. It was really two hours, our longest episode ever. Um I said, being down in Tampa, you're not, you know, it's basically you're in another bubble, but you're, you know, you're the only team in a bubble. Um, you're living out of a hotel. You have makeshift facilities. You're playing in a, you know, um, in a hockey arena, even though they can, tra- obviously, as they have, they've transformed it. You don't really have fans of your own, even though most teams don't. So that's not really a factor, but just the whole thing of not being with your family, so on and so forth. It, it's a, it, it, I, I would think they would just be a middle of a road team. And I said this again in the ranking show that, you know, they might fall off a little bit. I didn't expect them to fall off this drastically. I know it's nine games in. Um, and I'll say this, Pascal Siakam, it's time for him to, to, you know, get a move on with what he, you know, if he's that star player. And I think the Raptors need to decide that too. You saw it in the playoffs last year. He it doesn't seem like he can be that go-to guy. And again, this season, uh, he's putting up 20 points a game, eight rebounds, uh, four and a half assists. But it's even like what what was it, the other night versus the Warriors when they played? Um, it's like he tried. He I don't even know what he did the last shot of the game, and he dribbled and spun around 50 times to get you know didn't create any separation and just got some bad shot off. Um, he needs to figure out, and I think that sooner or later, and rumblings are already starting. Does Kyle Lowry, you know, does he get moved? I know he's bit you know the heart and soul of, of the Raptors and everything that they're about. Um, but they're going to need to figure this out quick. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I think I, I think that, you know, Kyle Lowry could be on a move to a team that could really need him, a title contender. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want to get your, your take on this because – or not your take, but where did you have them in, in your rankings – uh, let me search that up. Uh, I had them in my rankings. Because, yeah, because in mine, I, I, I think, had, I had I the Raptors we, as the seventh seed in the East. I ha- oh, you see, I had them higher. I had them as the sixth seed. But but when I said fall off, they're normally top three seed every year for the past what six years. When you know mm-hmm. they couldn't get past LeBron, they've mm-hmm. always been a team that in the regular season they're going to wow you. They're not wowing anyone right now. Um, and I think they gave, you know, they have two guys basically on you know, close to max deals, if not max deals, and Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. I don't know if you want to. It, it kind of reminds me of what the Heat did um, a couple years ago when they gave Hassan Whiteside the big deal. Deion Waiters a bit, you know, you're, you're kind of giving your guys in faith that, hey, you know, they played their butts off before. No knock on Fred Van Vliet. Um or pa- I guess Pascal Siakam either. I think Pascal we expected a little more from. But is that where you want to go um, here? I know I think they still have some salary cap upcoming this year. I believe. I'm not 100% sure. But I, to me, that you know. They have a lot of money locked up. Yeah, I mean, between those two guys, I think, that, what do they have? They have they're, between they're backwards. Yeah. $50 million between those two guys. Between uh, their backcourt? Well, no, between Siakam and Van Vliet. Then Lowry's getting paid $30 million, but this is the last year of his deal. Um, you have... And then, obviously, after that, they have oh, OG, his extension. I think I think he signed an extension. That kicks in 16. And then after that, you know, not that many guys on the books, but still, I mean, you're, you're paying a lot of money, especially $33 million to Pascal Siakam, who if he can't be your number one and, and get, you know, win you games. I don't know what, you know what's there and and you know this upcoming free agency class it's quickly dwindling as to who's going to be in it i know Kawhi's still in it it's you know if i had to guess he probably goes back to the clippers but who who i don't think he goes back to toronto but who knows um so yeah i mean again not overreacting but at the same time i think that they're definitely i would you agree are you buying that uh they're the most uh, team? 
I'm going to, I'm not saying I disagree with you uh, completely. I think that there's a lot of points you hit on I agree with. But I'm going to sell this because I think there's one, as I mentioned before, I think the Wizards uh, are the most disappointing team. I had them seventh in the Eastern Conference. I also was debating um, where they should go in our overall NBA standings. They ended up being 16. Um, but I think the Wizards are the most disappointing team because, again, when you get a guy like Russell Westbrook, again, it's early on. Don't want to overreact. I think we both agree that we've done a good job of not doing that. Um, but there's going to be times where you have to overreact. And, again, getting Russell Westbrook, to me, makes you an instant playoff contender and them not making the playoffs and being dead last. That's the worst part about it. They're dead last in the Eastern Conference and dead last in the Southeast Division, which we all thought was going to be super competitive. Um, but, you know, once again, the Wizards are not going to be in that uh, or they might not be, I'm, I'm not going to say def definitely, but they're not going to be in that um, in, in contention. So, again, I, I think that for the reasons I said earlier, whether it be coaching, again, the Raptors can tur still turn this around. Any team can really turn, turn it around. And I look at coaching, you know, Nick Nurse, again, he's dealing with the pieces he has right now. He lost two big front court guys in Sergi Baca and Marcus so, which is one of the reasons why I wasn't as high on the Raptors this year. And this was kind of not this bad, but it was a little expected. And I told my ranking before, but um, I, I still think that the Wizards are the most disappointing team, but they're right there with them. I think that the next most disappointing team, again, I think that we mentioned all the money they have locked up. Um, it's not, again, it's different because, again, you have to get back on track because you look at, uh, what Montrezl Harrell turned down to go to the Lakers, but that's winning. It's winning basketball. You have to get back to winning basketball, which I think Nick Nurse can can get them to that. But he has to make some changes. I think that ultimately going small ball will help them out. I think that Chris Boucher, Alex Len, Aaron Baines, you know th those guys struggle. They don't, you know, you have to weigh your your options. So Chris Chris Boucher, okay, defensively. He's not that great. You you have to, you know, he's he's a guy that could stretch the floor. He made some threes against the Heat um, when I was watching the preseason game. And, and of course, you don't want to take too much. But um, he's a solid offensive player, but defensively, not that great. Um, and I think with Aaron Baines, I was talking about last season with the Suns. He was in for Aiden. And I thought that, you know what, this guy could be you know, a starting uh, caliber player for them. I mean, he was playing that great um, for them to start off the season so so well last season for the Suns. But this season, it's it's a different story, struggling um, really badly. And uh, again, you have to find the, um, you, you have to sustain a level of, of play that translates to winning basketball. And, and that front court doesn't scream winning basketball to me. Um, or I, I should say that center position doesn't scream winning basketball to me, um, much like last season did. Uh, and again, with the Wizards, they have they have the pieces to do so. It just comes down to coaching. With this, it's not coaching. It's I mean, it, it is coaching in the fact that you need to have a small ball lineup that works. And we've seen teams like the Heat do that. Um, the Celtics oftentimes where um, now they're going more big with Tyson and Tristan Thompson that you got over the offseason. But We've seen them last season do that. Um, and so I think that you have both of those guys that um, or both of those teams that went ultra small ball and it worked. So that's something I think I would advise Nick Nurse to do um, because, again, the centers that they have right now, there's you don't get uh, a good balance from any of them, really. So, again, you got to try something out new and might as well try it out now before it gets too late. Yeah, uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, I think they put a lot of money into this, into certain players on this team. I think sooner or later that we might be looking at a rebuilding Raptors team uh, just a couple years after them winning a title. Um, I want to go now. So that, that you, I bought that, you sold that. Um, I want to go into our last buy or sell segment and something that, we thought there could be a possibility of, but we saw, obviously we've seen the NFL, they're getting through their season. College football wraps up tonight. 
uh, with their national championship game. Baseball got through it. NBA is having some major issues with COVID um, after getting through the first, what was it, two weeks of the season with only one postponement of game. Now we've had three in the past 24 hours. Um, a lot of it's teams. Wrapping up. Yeah, it's really ramping up. I know uh, the NBA Players Association and the Board of Governors are meeting today or tomorrow, either Monday, January 11th, depending on when you're listening to this, or January 12th. Um, teams like the Mavericks, the Heat, the Celtics, the 76ers, uh, Washington seems to be every time any team that plays Washington seems to have problems, although Washington has only had one player with issues, with, which is Bradley Beal. Um this is a major problem, so I will let you go first. And are you are you buying or selling that the NBA will get be on pause in the next two weeks? Will the will the league just pause for if it's a couple of days, a week, two weeks that they will pause the season? Um. Hmm. Well, first off, I wanted to add to. I think that this all started with the Sixers, I believe, right? Because I think, because I think, Seth, well, I think Seth Curry is the first one that where they announced it that he had it. Yeah, but the weird and thing I, is, and and listen, who knows? I, I think it maybe I think it's a coincidence, but I think ever since the Wizards played the Sixers, and then ever since then, every team that the Wizards have played uh, has had someone out the following game due to contract tracing, all the way up until their last game, which they played the Heat, and Avery Bradley came back that he's with some contract tracing, and now. As we're doing this podcast, I'm reading uh, the Heat are going to be out with at least five guys uh, for the first for the next several days, um, and that I know Philly only has like seven players uh, available, and uh, the Celtics just had their game canceled. They only had a couple players. I don't know. There, there's a whole bunch going. It, it's it's really getting out of control in the NBA right now. COVID. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say that. Uh, do I think they'll pause for? A short amount of time for the reasons that you said before about the other leagues and we've talked about it on this podcast before we've even had Ben Golliver on when it first started and he mentioned the job that Adam Silver has done just just in the plain simple fact of responding to the event um, not even the the actions that he's done uh, over this past summer and with the NBA bubble and whatnot I think that I'm gonna sell this I think they keep playing I, I think that Adam Adam Silver, he's able to adjust on the fly, and I think that he's done an effective job in in uh, in really uh, you know handling this whole entire situation all the way back uh, to March. So I, I don't think they end up. Uh, I, I think they just you know have some issues with the schedule. You know you have to put games, uh, and again, this is the reason why they only released the first half of the schedule. So they could have that leeway where, you know, if they need to add more games into the second half or, you know, whatever it may be. And that's why you also, you know, we also haven't really gotten that um, announcement where when games will be played because of that second half of the season. I, I just figure maybe they, they move it to that. Um, so it's 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 really just inevitable. Um, they had I'm sure they had plans. Um, and I think Adam Silver was on, I think, first take, you know, talking about how they had backup plans and stuff like that. Um, so they're, they're out of any other league. I think they're the most prepared. They're going to be able to adjust. Um, and again, it's inevitable when you have 30 NBA teams and you're looking at 30 different cities. And again, you're trying to minimize the travel, of course, but at the end of the day, you're, you're going to have, uh, you know, as, as careful as you can be, there's going to be times where, you know, certain instances occur, and and this was one of them, uh, or a couple of them now. Um, but again, this was kind of expected. I expected it. If you're not in one central location where, you know, you're rigorous, rigorously testing and you know where everyone is, um, 30 cities makes it more complicated. And it was just kind of, um, it was kind of a given that this was going to happen. Um, you don't want it to happen, but it was just a given. So I, I think that Adam Silver will do what he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, I, I, and I don't think that there will be a, pa a pause, and I think they'll be able to adjust. Yeah, I I, th I have to agree with you that they're selling, but for different reasons. Um, that there's not going to be a pause. I, I personally think they maybe should go on pause for a week, 10 days, let everything cool down, 
Um, uh, just so that way those teams can get healthy again, um, let those players come back, everything that needs to happen. Or, you know, some team, you know, one game playing a seven, you know, only seven players available, that's okay. When you start going two, three, four games, it's like I was talking about much earlier, and the Knicks are doing this by choice almost. Some of the games, they like Tom Thibodeau, and he's known for this, only going seven, eight deep uh, a game. You know, it's taxing on these players. Um, I'm selling this because this, again, it's a business. Like the NFL, the NFL had issues early in the season, and they've can even the Browns and the Browns just won yesterday. Somehow they beat the Steelers when their head coach wasn't. You know, they had all sorts of COVID issues going into their first playoff game in 20 years, and they still won. Shout out to the Browns. Uh, a lot of NFL references today, um, but <laughs> um, uh, it's a business. They're not going to stop it because revenue-wise, everything that they need to go to. Yeah, could they stop and, and play those games? after the first half of the season that's why they only did half the season scheduling so far yes i just think that they're going to continue um they'll postpone the games that need to be postponed if it comes to a point i think where yes you know half the teams in the league are affected by this then then possibly even more uh if more than half the teams then yes but otherwise i think they're going to keep going um i know you know the celtics just got postponed i think the mavs and pelicans just got postponed as well last night the heat and celtics so that's two games for the celtics even though last night even though uh even though it wasn't the celtics fault it was the heat fault um so yeah yeah i i don't think it will um at the same time like i just said i, I think it probably should just to let everything cool down but this is not like football where you have a whole week to prepare for a game and, and you can kind of weed out all the contact tracing and stuff uh this is teams are playing every other day um they're traveling you know uh, they're on airplanes two three four times a week flying all over the country um and yeah they, they need to get this figured out um sooner rather than later i know there's a vaccine available nba players aren't allowed yet because of the way that's going on and who's you know i know elderly and people with underlying conditions i wouldn't be surprised if the nba uh, strikes a deal somehow and gets their players the vaccines. Um, that way they can keep going with this. So it, it's a problem. Uh, I, I, we will be able to get through this, hopefully. Uh, it's a problem that I know the NBA even said they, like you said, first saw coming. I don't know if they saw it coming this bad, but you know th they're going to get through this dark period that they're going through, and uh, we'll come out the other side and, and uh, keep playing basketball. Or we're going to still be playing basketball through this period, but um, maybe your favorite team won't be playing for, you know, four or five days uh and and you know they'll have to that each team will maybe take a pause for a couple of days yeah like i said it's inevitable um i'd also add that we have uh something you know really brewing in our nation's capital so if politics uh we're not a politics podcast but if that ramps up um and it kind of you know has um with you know the players uh demonstrating you know that they're uh, acknowledging the situation with the kneeling and um i know the suns was it the suns in the or it was the the grizzlies and the lakers i think that were like in a uh that held spurs hands around a circle spurs and lakers. Spurs and lakers. Spurs and lakers. oh spurs and lakers gotcha okay so yeah, yeah there, there's there's times like that there's where a lot going on there, I, I think and, and it's a it's a it's a good point you're making here there's a lot going on in the world and in this country, like you said, we don't really get into it that much because um, we talk basketball and that's where we try to stay. Um, but yeah, I think that at the same time though, I think, like I said, this is a business, um, NBA, especially the players, they realize this because that technically the season wasn't supposed to start for another week if the players got it how they wanted to. Um, and the NBA said, well, you're going to lose a lot of money guys. And, and they realized that we need to start playing back and Christmas, um, they're gonna they're gonna get through this. Um, hopefully, you know everyone comes out of it healthy. Uh, no side effects afterwards. You know we saw with you know the UF player in college. You know he had Corona over the summer and then he had uh, he collapsed on the court. And luckily everything he's getting better now. So hopefully everyone stays healthy. But um, they'll get through this. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I think there could be a pause with other factors as in like i just said politics the there's really just a balance of of the equation i've talked about this in other podcasts uh 
especially when the BLM movement was um, was very uh, very much intact, like over the summer, and, and NBA players were speaking out about it as they were discussing uh, plans for the NBA bubble. But there's just so many factors going on that anything could result in a pause, um, and so you can take that into account. And as far as basketball goes, I was also thinking as well because you have so many back-to-back games that this could actually really benefit teams uh, with the postponement of games. Uh, we know how, to be honest, you know, we know how bad the Miami Heat are on back-to-backs. So this could really benefit teams where you have more rest. And for a guy like Jimmy Butler, who was on the injury report the other day, for him to not miss a game um, potentially and, and or, you know, he wasn't, uh, the game wasn't played, so that can for sure benefit him. And uh, it really does – you get to see teams in a different light just because – and that, that can either work um, – if you're a fan, that can work against you too because then maybe you view the season in a different light just because, okay, this team – I don't know. With, with all the stats going on, you could look at back-to-backs and be like, oh, what was their record on uh, back-to-backs, whatever it may be. So you never know with all the stat nerds out there and with – you know, ESPN putting all these bogus stats out that make no sense. Like Russell Westbrook is, uh, is, is, uh, this efficient on throwing alley-oops or catching alley-oops. Like I heard that stat the other day, which was nuts. Um, but again, it, it really takes you in, in that approach where you look at it and maybe it can benefit teams. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that'll do it then, huh? uh covered yeah, all the topics a lot that we unpacked i like this i as much you know as much as it's stuff because you have to make a decision on buying or selling i like this i think we're going to do more of these episodes um buying or selling stuff similar to this um in the end uh where can they find us on social media where you're going to you said at the beginning of the podcast you're going to be posting these so that way the fan uh our listeners can vote on if they're going to buy or sell this and all the rest of social media stuff yeah so you guys can check us out um like ryan said i'll be posting the topics from this buy or sell episode on there uh so you guys can vote see if you guys agree with us disagree with us um and like i said i like this as well i thought it was a great um episode so you guys can check us out on social media uh on our instagram which we're the most active on there at underscore around the league underscore and then we do have a TikTok, uh, haven't been too active on there. We want to get back to that. So at ATL podcast on there. And then uh, this episode was a little bit um, late in terms of the, the recording, uh, just because we were busy with traveling back up to college and whatnot. So hope you guys understand. Uh, but we usually do this every Saturday on all three streaming platforms. So check us out, Apple Pods, Spotify, and the Anchor app. So that'll do it. That's it, folks. Peace out. Peace.